0: Hello, and welcome to The Balancing Act podcast, where you can find tools and inspiration for working mums who are ready to overcome the mental load so that they can live with more simplicity, ease, and fulfillment in their everyday. I'm your host, Debbie, a balance coach and a working mum myself, and I'm super happy to be here with you. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of The Balancing Act podcast. And I'm very excited that this week we have our first ever in-person interview. It's with my husband, Dave. And in true balancing act form, we have been trying to record this episode on and off for about three weeks now. But we have finally managed to avoid the children for long enough to speak to each other for any substantial length of time. And so we're hoping that we don't get disturbed by the baby monitor, which is right beside us here. This week, we are going to be talking about our our own experience of juggling it all through two stints of parental leave and what we learned through that time and how it has then set us up for the future juggle. So without any further ado, um, Dave, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yep. Hi everyone. So I'm Dave. I'm lucky enough to be Debbie's husband and dad to wonderful boys. I'm in my mid thirties, um, but thanks to two children feel substantially older. Um, I enjoy adventure sports in the hills, although my body is now falling to pieces. And I think it's fair to say I'm totally dependent on coffee to function in any way, shape or form. We,
0: um, we've we got a bit of a, a coffee ritual going on, in our ho- going on in our house at the minute, um, which I think neither of us can do without these days. You've now had two stints of, of parental leave, as have I, um, and each of them were three years apart. So our, our oldest son, Ethan, he's like three and a half now. Patrick's just over a year. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the two different approaches that we took each time?
1: Yep, absolutely. So I think the first time around ran with Ethan, uh, it was very much a practicality driven approach, I would say. Um, you know, you don't know what to expect when you have kids, you can read all the books, and you can, you know, listen to all the podcasts, and you can get the information, but until it actually happens, I don't think you really, really know truly what to expect. So I guess we were driven by kind of a conventional, you know, practicality-driven approach. Um, So at work, I get two weeks um, of which one is paid, and one is unpaid. Um, But we came up with the idea of taking that not immediately after Ethan was born, but leaving it a few weeks because we had, you know, your mum and your sister and my mum and dad came to stay. So we had plenty of family and and siblings support. So after about five or six weeks, I then took the two weeks paternity leave. Um, but of course, it's only two weeks. So basically, it was over in a flash of sleep deprivation um, and nappies, essentially.
0: And how about the, the second time round then?
1: So I think with Patrick with the um, you know you know what to expect a little bit more with the second one, so we were able to plan for it a lot more um, unfortunately, at work, um, the paternity policy did change just after we had Patrick so Patrick was born in the December. if he would have been born in January, then I would have qualified for eight weeks uh, paternity leave but unfortunately the new the new um Benefit hadn't come in yet, so I still had the two weeks as per Ethan. So I think that was a you know a driver for me to then take a longer stint of unpaid parental leave. Um, but still, the plan was to not do that Im- immediately. So I waited a few weeks, took the the two weeks with Patrick, um, similar to with Ethan. Um, but then later on in the year, you know, we planned for a longer stint of what would be unpaid shared parental leave. Um, but of course that was set against the backdrop of the pandemic and me fully rupturing my Achilles tendon and crippling myself for most of the year as well so it didn't exactly um you know pan out as planned
0: yeah you wouldn't have been that much help in those those early days even if you had taken it then
1: <laughs> indeed <laughs>
0: um but yeah, I think that is one thing that we we learned first time round as well because um Certainly, with Patrick, I think in those early weeks we were a little bit more confident with what we were doing. Um, and since both the boys were breastfed, like Patrick spent a lot of time just attached to me or or asleep. So we delighted for that little bit when you could be a bit more hands on with him as well as doing other stuff around the house as well. And I think that worked. That worked well. Um, so how many, it was, how many weeks was it you had off altogether? Six weeks, I think it was. Uh, it was
1: a, but For the parental leave, it was six weeks in the end. Yeah. 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 In addition to the paternity leave yeah. after Patrick was born. So eight weeks in total. But we didn't take the parental leave until sort of the second half of the summer, really. Mm. So when lockdown restrictions had eased sufficiently that we could do things like, you know, go away on, you know, holidays in Scotland, take the camper van out and just have a little bit more freedom and obviously my Achilles tendon was in a state where I could at least move around and walk a little bit so you know I was actually genuinely useful. Yes
0: that's right I felt like it so I think that length of time felt like a good you know it felt like a proper chunk of time away from work and um, you know proper family time. So what were the main reasons that we decided to take those different approaches each time?
1: Um, Well, I think first time round, it was more driven by the policy at work, you know, those two weeks. um, Obviously, I took holiday as well, which, you know, would have helped. But, you know, just sticking purely to parental or paternity leave, you know, it was driven by the available two weeks at work. Um, Probably driven by, you know, some social norms as well in terms of, you know, what would be expected of me in terms of taking parental or, or paternity leave. But by the time we had Patrick... Um, you know, a number of things have changed. So I was far more conscious of what the burden was on yourself the first time around with Ethan. Um, And, you know, on the flip side, I was conscious that I was missing out on that bonding time as well. Um, So, you know, I was keen to take more time off for a number of reasons. It came down to supporting you, supporting the family, mucking in and spending longer to to help take care of Patrick. Uh, and Ethan, of course, because there was no nursery, right, due to the pandemic. Um, but on top of that, I didn't want to miss out on the bonding experience of being around, you know, with young babies and young kids during that first year, which is, you know, a pretty special time. I didn't want to be at work for all of it, basically. Um, on top of that, at work, uh, a culture had began to develop of more and more new dads taking longer stints of unpaid parental leave. Um, you know I wasn't the, wasn't the first to do it you know certainly some of my peers and kind of acquaintances at work um, had began to take two or three months off at a time of parental leave and really began to sort of set the set the trend of that becoming you know more socially acceptable at work to do that kind of thing so I guess there was lots of motivations from lots of different corners um, and then when you factor in the the pandemic the lockdowns the the lack of you know getting out on holidays traveling and just doing the things that you normally do plus my injury um it was a very attractive proposition to just take a big chunk of time off work spend it with the family help share the burden of childcare, but also get that quality bonding time in as well
0: mm. so do I need to ask which one which approach you feel like served us better
1: Well, yeah, it's a bit of a no brainer, isn't it? And and it's definitely the second approach. I mean, taking that additional time was incredibly valuable um, for many of the reasons that we just went through. Um, But yeah, I couldn't imagine doing it another way now. You know, I really think that's the best way.
0: Mm. I think it's interesting what you said, um, like right back at the start there about sort of learning as we go along. And I, I very much agree that the first time, like we almost didn't really know what the alternative was. Like we didn't really consider that there was an alternative, actually. I think we just you know looked at the policy and went with that and thought that it would be fine and I guess like many aspects of parenting we were just winging it to see <laughs> see what worked um but yeah we I think and I think even it took a while to to, to recognize that there was an alternative um so that by the time then Patrick did come around we were able to to refine things a bit
1: I think the first time it's very easy to think that that parental leave policy is just you know in case your kids are sick or something Mm -hmm. and you need to take a week off or two here and there you know because you can't work and they can't go to school and they can't go to nursery so it's parental leave you should kind of save to take care of your kids if they're sick but you know unless you're very unfortunate it's unlikely kids are going to be sick for weeks or months on end in which case there's all this parental leave which you know you are able to take That probably a lot of people don't make use of. Yeah. I mean, I guess the ideal would be that it was all wrapped up in paternity leave and more of it paid. But at the moment, at least, you know, the option of taking parental leave should be looked into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's worth just clarifying what the differences are there because I guess the terminology might vary between workplaces and also different workplaces will definitely be offering different policies as well. So, paternity leave, as as was standard was one week paid, one week unpaid. Parental leave is unpaid leave that either parent can take at any time in the child's life. And then shared parental leave is like a, a joint paternity maternity policy um, where the partner can choose to take some of the maternity leave, which then the mum doesn't get. And those those chunks of leave can either be taken simultaneously at the same time or you can you can swap over so I guess typically it would be the mum would start off on maternity leave and then swap, she would go back to work and the partner would take over and carry on the rest of the leave from there. And I think again that it varies between workplaces how much of that is paid versus unpaid. Do you think that being at home for that the longer chunk of time give you a better appreciation or understanding of what the challenges of being at home with a small baby to look after
1: are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I don't think that the, the loneliness could be underplayed here, really, because if you're spending all of your time at home with a tiny infant, um, that you, know, you might well end up having limited adult contact, um especially if your partner is working you know 5 days a week full time and you know maybe you're very sleep deprived and your your routine is all up in the air because of the baby so it might be actually quite hard to socialize and see other people and as amazing as as it is bringing up a small infant it might mean that you see less of other people so you know i think the loneliness is a factor but of course, this year, you've got to remember that we were in the pandemic as well. So there were no baby yoga, for example. You know, there's no tom-toms, there's no baby classes, no book bugs at the library. So social interaction would have been incredibly limited. So I think me taking that extra time off in 2020 was kind of more valuable than ever. And I guess the insights I got into it really are just kind of experiencing on a day-to-day basis what it's like to bring up a tiny infant, infant Um which if you only take two weeks paternity leave immediately when the baby is born, you you almost kind of miss that, you know, because if you're working full time, yeah, you take some holiday during the year and you have your weekends, but of course come the weekend after working five days solid, you're pretty tired. So, you know, you're not necessarily mucking in first thing on Saturday morning. It takes you a while to decompress from work. Um, We have Ethan to take care of and play with and entertain as well. So that, looking after a small infant for long periods of time, I think it's very difficult for the partner to actually gain an appreciation of what it's like to do that unless you take an extended period of time off work dedicated to doing that. So that's where the shared parental leave came in.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And I think um, it's interesting what you said about those first two weeks because I think that, um, well, certainly I've found that like every stage of baby life comes with its own challenges. And certainly in those early days, um you know you're getting you're just getting into groups with things like like putting clothes on a baby or changing a nappy um things like that and but there's also like a certain like novelty there as well where it is lots of learning and i find i actually find the hardest bit was when that settled down and then you got into more of a routine which is great in terms of like building your confidence and that but like it can feel quite monotonous sometimes and um Yeah, there were some days that went by that I felt like all I'd done that day was constantly, you know, feed, change nappies, try for nap time on repeat, basically. And I think that then it can feel, it feels difficult then when you know that that's not being shared with anybody. And then I think on the flip side as well, it's also hard to go out to work all day because it's, you know, it can be stressful at work or it can be tiring at work or you can have a bad day or whatever. And then you come home and you don't there's nobody to share that with either and you're sort of straight back in into it as well. It's almost when you get home that's when the the real work begins. Very much so. (laughs) Um so what do you think puts some men off put taking longer stints of, of parentally, whether that be paternity or or shared parental?
1: I guess at the start, there might be um, you know, lack of knowledge about what's available to you. I mean, you're probably aware of what your company's paternity policy is. And I guess it should be expected that, that everyone should make full use of that paternity policy. Um, I think it's incredibly unfortunate if you have something like I did, where it's a week paid and a week unpaid, because there might be people in an unfortunate position where that week of unpaid leave actually becomes unattractive to them in their family situation and they have to choose whether to work that week paid or to take it off to help with um, the little one which I think is you know is tragic really and shouldn't be a choice that you have to make within the first couple of weeks of your baby's life. Um, So I think getting educated on the policies and understanding parental leave and understanding shared parental leave versus your company's paternity policy um, is the first thing to do so that you can plan you know, your next year better and make use of those policies if you can. Um, I think other things that might put people off could be company culture. So, you know, I'm lucky enough to work somewhere where taking large chunks of unpaid leave to help with your children is actively encouraged. And there is a growing company culture of of that practice. Um, But I'm sure that's not the same everywhere. And some men might not, you know, have that have that culture so they begin to worry about their career um, you know rightly or wrongly you know um, what's it going to mean next time there's a round of promotions what's it going to mean you know what's it going to mean next time there's a round of redundancies if I've just taken three months you know unpaid leave and I'm out of the office Um, and the fact that that leave is unpaid leave you know the shared parental leave and the parental leave is unpaid so that could again be a deal breaker for some as well Um, So I think there are quite a number of reasons why men might not go through with this. But I guess hopefully what the listeners have gathered through this conversation is that there are many, many, many positives to doing that. So if in any way you can make it work from a financial point of view, then everything else should be a no brainer, basically.
0: Yeah, I think and I think it's again, it's one of those things that hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's great to have that like haven't done it you You've not gained that that perspective, I guess, and sometimes that can be hard to anticipate in advance so do you think it should be compulsory? Do you think that um like longer paternity leave should be like do you think it should be compulsory for companies to offer that at least
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean I guess what we what we really want here is is equal choice um so that there isn't a system that's set up to making, make it overwhelmingly more attractive for the woman in the relationship to take the vast majority of leave, you know, to bring up the baby, essentially. So I think the only way around this really is to legislate for that equal sort of paternity and maternity leave policy, um, make it that companies have to offer that to people. I mean, obviously, there's no guarantee that there will be uptake but if it's offered at least that's the beginning and then as social norms and culture and attitudes towards this change at least then it's possible to take as much equal paternity and maternity leave as you can um that legis- legislation would just create the framework for cultural change you know people still have to go ahead and act upon it themselves um but at the moment they just don't have a choice you know it's not there if you're really lucky you might have four, five six, seven weeks of paternity leave offered by your company and then you could take some parental leave like we've been talking about. but that's still a big difference from you know up to 52 weeks of maternity leave that the woman might get. Um, so I think you know the inequality here begins with the massive disparity in offerings between maternity and paternity leave. and if we want to address that, which also then speaks to a large part of the gender pay gap, you know, I guess it's really the the motherhood pay gap, you know a big chunk of that. Then really, we need to address that in terms of equal paternity and maternity leave mm. and give people the choice.
0: yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So um, I guess I just recently I've been talking in the community a bit about that Netflix documentary that we watched the um why Women are paid less. And mm. I think that was a real eye-opener for us, wasn't it? We like I think it was stuff that you probably become aware of but then seeing that and the research and the data to back it up and um, like for me the key takeaway from that was just as you said it was it's more a motherhood pay gap where um when a couple starts to take different amounts of, of parental leave it it creates a gap usually in in income then and as time goes on and that gap widens and hence then becomes harder and harder to close and like One thing I think is that during the pandemic, we've seen that women are taking on, I think they're taking more of the hit in terms of cutting back working hours or um, going on furlough or even in some instances losing their job. So I quoted a stat that I'd read last week in one of my social media posts where Women are one and a half times more likely than men to have experienced one of those things, so a reduction in working hours, quit their job, or or furlough. Um, and that was at the end of twenty twenty, so that number might have increased since then. And I sort of feel like that's just amplifying the inequality that was there before, you know. And it's now that when couples are are forced into a situation where you know we can't both work full-time plus have kids at home. It seems to be it's women who are taking the hit and every family is trying to make the best decision for themselves, both in terms of practicality and finances. But in most cases, that's then the man continuing to work full-time and the woman coming
1: back. If there was a a pre-existing cultural norm of equal paternity and maternity leave, then during the pandemic we may not have seen so many more women proportionally disadvantaged by it compared to men because the the, the playing field would have been more equal to start with.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, and there there's a, a campaign going by, I think it's in conjunction with the Trade Union Congress and Mother Pucker, who's on Instagram, and they're petitioning the government to um, give all parents, so mums and dads, the legal right to furlough and in addition like up to 10 days worth of paid parental leave which I think would be a really positive move and it looks like they're making some some good progress there but things like that I think that's the way we need to be moving to address this because you know who knows what impact this will have on on the gender pay gap it may set us back um, years in terms of progress yeah um so what would you say to any, I'm not sure if we have many male listeners out there, but we've got lots of female listeners who could then pass on the message. What would you say to listeners who are maybe debating either paternity leave or or shared parental leave? What, what would your advice
1: be? Well, I think on the paternity leave, you have to take it. You know, that's like the bare minimum, basically. Um, hopefully you can get through the the unpaid part of paternity leave. But really, you know, you should be taking that paternity leave for sure. And then the shared parental leave, you know, if it's part of your company culture, then it's a no-brainer. You should be going for it. Um, if it's not part of your company culture, then be first, you know, try and set that trend. Um, it should be part of your company's culture for men to be able to take that time off to be with their family and, and help bring up the little ones. So, you know, again, try and take it. Um, there are just so many benefits, basically, you know, for you, your family. Um, and you're also doing your bit for social change as well, because this kind of thing isn't going to change on its own. It takes people. And in this case, it's going to take a big effort from men to try and take more parental leave, shared parental leave and paternity leave um, to begin to create that equality. Um, and, you know, if it's there, you, you've got to go for it.
0: Yeah, I think I think um, another really positive thing I've seen on that is that certainly in our workplace. Um, so Dave and I did used to work in the same place. Um the, the change was really quick. quick. So, like, the, the once some people started taking paternity leave, then it was like a the floodgates opened and it, it changed really quickly. So then nearly every new dad was taken a, a substantial chunk. Yeah, absolutely. And that was over the course of, what, six months or a, a months. year or something? Mm. Five, great... Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, usually, at the end of podcasts, I, I ask people where the listeners can find you, but I'm not sure if you want to be found online or not.
1: Uh, not particularly. No, <laughs> no.
0: You do have a blog.
1: I do have the, a blog. I do have um, a blog.
0: People can look at to see what we did before we had children.
1: I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> those, those halcyon days.
0: Yeah. Misty Mountain Hop. If anybody wants to check it out. Dot com. Dot net. Dot net. Dot net. Fab. Well we managed to get through without anybody waking up. nap Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Balancing Act podcast If you've loved what you've heard I would be incredibly grateful if you could rate and review the podcast so that we can help spread the word to all the other working mums out there looking for more balance in their everyday If you'd like to hear more you can find me on Instagram at Debbie Lee Co or on my website at debbielee.co.uk where you can download your free kickstart guide to finding your balance as a working parent. Until then, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Bye for now.